We're going to finish up our final message on this series. If you haven't been able to listen to all of them or you haven't been here for all of them or whatever, I would encourage you to get the series and go through it. Might not be a bad series to go through once a year just to be reminded. Boy, if we can if we can miss Jesus on one day, I wonder how bad we can miss him in three hundred and sixty four days. Huh? If we can miss him in one minute. Come on, y'all know that minute I'm talking about. You woke up this morning, you got out of bed, you stumped your little toe on the and it was you wasn't calling on the name of the Lord. Come on. Loosen up a little bit, okay? Revelations chapter 3, verse 14. We're dealing with the church of Laodicea. Don't ask me to say that name too many times. And to the angel of the church, and first thing he wants to say is, Laodicean's right. These things says the Amen. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Anybody drink coffee? Anybody drink lukewarm coffee? Most of you probably either pour it out, refresh it, heat it up. You don't, you're going to do something, right? This is just how I picture this thing. He's been drinking this cup of coffee for a while and it's become lukewarm. And, well, he says that he vomits it out of his mouth. Because you say I'm rich and have become wealthy. And have need of nothing. Are you you, you catching on? He, you you've become lukewarm, and this is why. You say that I'm rich, I'm in need of nothing. I'm I'm wealthy. Do not know that you are wretched. I love the words that he picked. He he said you're wretched. You're you're miserable. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind. You're naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. You want to be rich? This is how you're going to get rich. Our faith is refined by fire. You, you, you want to become rich? Put your money where your mouth is, the kingdom currency, and spend your faith. Do as you say that you.
that you may be rich. And white garments. I didn't understand that until I dug in a little bit. This, the Laodiceans were known for wool textiles, and you guessed it, they were black wool I told y'all, you need to read the Bible. Don't just read it. That you may be clothed. Remember the white garments, the, the robe of righteousness. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. He said, you're blind. You, you don't even know that you don't see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. If you... You'll just persevere if you'll, if you'll get through this. He said, you get to sit. Do y'all remember the picture that he got of the throne and God sitting in it and the 24 elders surrounding the throne and they were bowing down to him and all of these angels were all around and there was these creatures with eyes all about them and, and, and they, they, it was, they couldn't get away from him. All of these eyes on these creatures, they couldn't help but see. The Bible said that he shined like diamonds and pearls and rubies and, and, and these creatures are, I can, can you imagine? Man, it's easy for us to cover up two eyes like this when it's bright, but buddy, body was full of eyes couldn't help but see him. that's how oh that's how big God wants to be in your life that you can't help but see that you can't even though you try to hide in your ignorance you can't help but see the goodness of God and they're they're crying, holy, holy. This is the picture John got. It, I think it's in chapter 4. And, and God took him and let him see the throne. That would have been it for me. I'd have been done. I'd have been up there trying to bargain with God. I'd have been doing something. I'd have reached in my pocket and got a couple shekels. Something. I said, hey, if you just keep me here, you can get somebody else right there. I don't even care about the right now. Just let me hang out. I'd have been done. That's why I tell, if I die, 
four. You better not call the church and pray and bring me. Y'all won't like me if I got to come back. But this, this is the throne that he's saying that I will grant you to sit on it with me. I mean, the view would probably, it was probably spectacular from the outside in, seeing the throne. But could you imagine the view sitting? On, come on, church. You've got to have, God give you an imagination. Use it. Could you imagine sitting on the throne with him? And as he points it all out to you and, and tells you, the underlying truths that you only got in part while you were here. And he told you why all of these creatures had all of these eyes. Maybe it's because it represented all the wisdom of God and that he was all-knowing and all-seeing. I, I don't know, but I'm just, you're sitting there and he's pointing it out. Maybe he even gives you an elbow and starts laughing and you look over and there's Peter and Moses arguing at the river because Moses departed the water where Peter's trying to fish. <laughs> we don't know. I serve a God that's got, he, he, for him to be an emotional God, he's got to have a sense of humor. If you don't believe me, look at the person sitting next to you. Just look, don't be scared. Boy, you got scared, didn't you? And I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Hmm. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Laodicea, if you go and look at some of the geographics of this city, it was positioned in such a way on top of a hill that it would overlook the valleys. And they would be looking down on people. It's kind of ironic that this city would be the one that would be overlooking and looking down on other people because they were rich. This would be like the Beverly Hills. If you think of your communities or where you live, think of, think, of, think of the place that everybody knows that there's just gargantuan houses and all of these riches and big gates to get in. This would be that city. Just rich. Huge houses, not, not like what you would find in Jerusalem and, and in Nazareth. Not, not those type of houses, because those type of houses are basically about the size of a parking lot space. And a portion of that would be used to help hold animals in. I mean, we have a hard time with two of them in the house, and then Sean want to show up and throw a third on us, and... I mean, we trip over it. We trip over it. And a cat, we trip over a dog. We fall on the cat. We bump our head with another dog before we even get out of the chair. Yep. 
Can you imagine a parking spot? That's a house. So we're not talking about those. We're talking about huge houses. Big houses. Their streets were marble. This this city was so well known for its textiles and its wool and, and, oh, its eye and ear salve. This place was known for its medical school. And the prominent thing that they knew about was the eye and the ear salve. That's why Jesus addressed Put I want you to put salve on your eye. You know what? <laughs> Use some of that salve that you created. Put it on your eye so you can see that you're foolish. So that you can see without me you have nothing. Oh, you're not rich. You think you're rich. But you're poor. And here we see Jesus as we've seen him so many other times now that he's approaching this church and and he is trying to express to this church of who he is. And every time that he's addressed the church, the way he addressed it was totally counter to where they were positioned. Here they are thinking they're rich, thinking that, oh, they've got it all together. We don't need anything. We've got it all here. And he presents himself as the amen. Oh, see, you got to know what amen is. See, he's letting them know, look, without me, you ain't got none of it. It takes me for you to have existence. I love it. Man, he just gets right in your, right in your mouth. Hit the punch you. He's not explaining himself as a mere man, but rather each occasion he would exemplify himself to being the Son of God. The revelation of Jesus Christ. I have to make sure that you understand, churches, that the one that is speaking to you is not just a mere man. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. He said that I am that I am. I'm the beginning, the end, the alpha, the omega, the door. I'm all of it. And a bag of chips. I've got it all. You can't be in existence without me. I am letting you know that this is where you stand. If you reference yourself against me, this is where you'll be and this is where I am. And I am over you and I am Lord of all. I am King of kings. You can't rely on yourself. If you were to become who I've created you to be, you've got to rely totally on me or else you will never achieve that which I've created you to be because whatever you can do in and of yourself is all you can do. That's why I'd rather God fix my problem because if I fix it, I can only fix it to what I'm capable of doing. And guess what? It falls apart every time. Come on, church. I'm trying to get you to understand where you, where, where you sit this morning when it comes to Jesus Christ. You without Christ in your life, 
or nothing. He holds the very next breath. I've told y'all before, that's one bad dude. A man that says, hey, you ain't got to chase me, take me. Oh, you want me on that cross? I'll do one better. I'll one-up you. I'm going to carry it. Come on, church. Come on. See, y'all don't. See, if, you, if you're constantly, and, and this is why John the Revelator became so fearful when Christ revealed himself. Because John, as the church is even yet today, view Jesus. Oh, I wish Tommy would give me a picture of Jesus, that little pretty picture. That, that one pretty picture that everybody paints. And he's just a glowing, and he's just so pretty. We are viewing Jesus as the lamb that was led to the slaughter out of Isaiah. My friend, there is revelation. And revelation comes 33 books after that book that revealed Jesus as the lamb. And now this book now reveals Jesus Christ as the king. And that's how he showed himself to John. See? Sean said, I hate coming to church because you're always using me. I'm going to use him again. No, I tell you what, I'm going to give him a break. I'm going to use Tommy. See, I can do it with family. I'm going to use Tommy. There was a time that his dad could approach him with a little hand on the butt. Right? You get woke. Right? And then there come a time where Tommy was going to be a man. He thought he was going to challenge Daddy. Daddy run him up out of the house so fast, made the boy forget his shoes. See, there's a time that you will see someone. Ha, you've not been used to it this way. But, boy, don't take me there. Right? You're going to... See, y'all, y'all wasn't raised like y'all was raised under this new, this new stuff. Set in the corner. No, we, we was raised lay in the corner, and that was after a, and he sent you there. He sent you there. You didn't walk over, you slid over, or you flew. See, we want to challenge we want to challenge the one until the one reveals himself. And this is what happens with the church. This is what's happened with this church. This church knows him by the lamb. I've got news for you. <laughs> oh, I'm the lamb. But I'm also the lion. Maybe I'll preach on this one day. The lion of Judah. He's not just a lion. So you got, boy, don't make me start preaching on that one. He was careful to make sure that every example he gave to the churches would be a counteract of their understanding in their time and their culture. He loved them enough. And cared about him enough that when he did tell them who he was, that he would tell them in such a manner they would understand in accordance with how they lived. 
Look at the parables. Jesus loved talking about farming. But that is the people that he was dealing with and speaking to and ministering to. So if, if he would speak to them in parables, they would understand that. Here he presents himself as the amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. To see the, the theological key to this term is, is, is not that it's, it's mankind's faithfulness, but it's Yahweh's. It's God's faithfulness. It, it's, not, it's not on your own work. It's not by your own deed that you're capable. But it's by Him. If He has promised it, the one that promised it is the one to fulfill it. He is the yes and the amen. You get it? Can you put those two together real quick for me? Just help me. You ask, he said, yes and amen. He said, okay, I'll do it, and he done it because he's faithful amen. to his word. See, if you look throughout Scripture in the New Testament, Jesus was the only one that would use such phrases like that, and most cases, he would double up on it. He would say, most assuredly, I say. Not most assuredly, you say. Not most assuredly did he say. He said most assuredly. He, he's letting you know. Be resting and be assured. I, most assuredly, I am saying. I. Not, I'm, not, not, I'm not going back to somebody else. It ain't that Eric promised somebody something. Right? He said, I. How often do we turn to people looking for people to fulfill? How often do we turn to things looking for things to... How often do we turn to our jobs looking for our jobs to fulfill and satisfy? How often? How often? How often? And he sets it up right at the beginning. Man, we shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to read no more about this church how he set himself up. He said, I'm the creation. I am the creation. I mean, I don't want to misquote that. The beginning. He said, I'm the beginning of the creation of God. That means that, that see, this is, this is the this is a parallel with Genesis 1 in the beginning. God created. And John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. He, this is who he's saying, I, I am the creation. I, I'm the beginning. I, I, was, I was, before you got shoes, I was there. Before you were a thought.
I'm the beginning. I'm the beginning. You think you got this? The Bible says that he knows the end. Come on, Bible people. From the beginning. Come on, you Bible scholars. Right? He knows the end from the beginning. He says, I am the beginning of the creation of God. I'm the, see, what I, oh, okay. Let me help you. I might make this a Wednesday night right here. The birthright would always be passed to the firstborn. <laughs> I am the beginning of the creation of God. I'm the only begotten son. I'm the one that's here to tell you this morning. I'm the one that's here to let you know. I'm the amen. Nothing else that you can do. You, your marble streets, Laodicea, ain't going to work. Oh, your medical school's prominent. Good for you. Good for you. But they can't heal you. You're miserable. You're poor, you're broke, you're miserable. I mean, you're blind. And then he comes out and tells them, hey, lukewarm. got it all I mean who who your life good everything moving right along with <laughs> getting promotions and getting jobs making more money and you know increase oh life good right don't forget he said I'm the amen He gives you what is needed to prosper. <laughs> See, you thought you got there on your own. Ha! He created you with that. And he said, I'm the beginning. So that I'm the beginning, I oversee. Oh, I'm in charge. Everything in the earth belongs to me. That's what he's telling them. You, you, you've been doing whatever you wanted to do because you think you got this thing under wraps. Do you know not that tomorrow is never promised? Do you know not that one day you can be all is well and wake up the next day? You won't finish that statement. Well, somebody go, you use that out of context, and I ain't getting crucified by that one. But you'd go, oh, everything's done blew up. <laughs> it's all good, ain't it? <clears throat> Until you got to fix something else. I mean, it, it ain't funny, is it? It ain't funny. We don't have control of nothing. 
Okay, I'll change that. The only thing you got control of is what you choose to do with what you got. Colossians 1.15 says that he, he being Jesus. Can you imagine you being put on such a pedestal like this? He said he is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. He, Jesus, the amen. <laughs> the one that's approaching a lukewarm church, they say that he is the image of an invisible God. You know you better. See, it's one thing to get an image of something that's there. Try to get us, uh-oh, now I'm going to challenge you. How do you get an image of an invisible God? You got to have something there to get a reflection. Look in your mirror. Well, never mind. Don't everybody do it. Well, if you look in the mirrors, something's got to be there. And they said that Jesus is the image of an invisible. See, that, that dude is bad. That man can put off a reflection where there is no reflection. He just make it happen. How's he do that? I don't know. I'm just reading what I'm reading. Jesus showed up on the scene again and basically shook it up. I said, wake up, church. This is where you are. And it's not just some, it wasn't just the angel of the church reprimanding the church. Do y'all understand that? This was Jesus that was reprimanding churches. This is the worst church of the seven. Save it. He saved the worst for last. The angel just got up and said it. This is what, man, look. I wonder how many of y'all can take this. I go into prayer for a minute and come back out and say, this is what Jesus said about you. You're lukewarm, you're poor, you're broke. Y'all leave. You got another church. Come, come, come on. Come on, be honest with me just for one day. Tell them just one day. One day don't hurt, does it? That's the problem with us. The church is so lukewarm that if there is truth spoken, the church blows up because the church is based on emotion. Can't base your faith on emotion. That's the case, we definitely all going to hell. Because tomorrow you're going to be mad. You're going to be mad at somebody. Somebody going to say something or do something, and you're going to get mad. 
upset, got your feelings hurt. Talked about that last week. Poor thing. Got your feelings hurt. I'm so sorry. He said, you're lukewarm. Second Timothy puts it like this. He it basically comes out and says, having a form of godliness... but denying its power. And goes on to say, and from such people, (laughs) turn away. See, y'all get your feelings hurt if I don't come over and eat dinner with you. Jesus the whole time telling me to stay away from you. Well, you, you want a pastor that's able to have a clear head when he comes in the church? Don't be showing a form of godliness and then denying its power. There's a, there's a, oh, there is something that happens. Not when you show a form of godliness, but when you carry the form of godliness. It will change you. Shut up. Shut up. The Word of God will change you. If you accept it and you receive it and you edify that thing and you, you water that thing and you work that thing, and you're, it will change you forever. You won't, oh, you can't talk like you used to talk. Can't hang out with the same folk. Come on. This makes me so mad when you won't accept it. I mean, we, we get all tied up. We throw stuff around because in our emotions, our feelings are hurt. Pastor, you don't understand. What? You're dealing with one. You're dealing with one. You know how many of these phone calls I've taken already today? Pastor, you shouldn't have said that in church. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> That's why y'all don't hear it on the phone. I hang up first. Sorry, not sorry. This is what happens to a church that is on fire for God. And they get tied up in everything that they have. Because see, when you serve God, oh, okay. Do you think God wants you broke? No. Do you think God wants you sick? No. Do you think God wants you divorced? No. Okay, are you with me? The Bible says that God withholds nothing good from his children. Nothing good. Okay? Nothing good. The problem is we take that which is good that he gives us and we abuse it. Then we go from loving to tolerating. 
I love that word. I'll kick you in the knee if you give me that word. <laughs> Tolerating. The Bible warned us about a spirit. This, this spirit, this, this Jezebel that you've allowed in your church and you've tolerated. I ain't tolerating nothing. I'm going to tell you if it's wrong according to his word, not mine. Okay, now if I tell you something and it's for, rebu for rebuke or reproof and you don't agree and you can show me in the Bible that it's not there, then trust me. I'm humble enough to say I'm sorry and I'll apologize before people. It don't, bother, it don't hurt my feelings at all because I'm not that guy. so glad he don't just pull the thorns out when we ask him I'm glad he just makes you live with it but God I can't <laughs> I know <laughs> I know you can't but I can through you and then you go throw all your papers up in the air because it don't make sense anyway and you just go on I love it I love it. Joshua would have put it this way. Joshua 24, 14. says, now therefore fear the Lord. This is what Jesus is telling Laodicea. This is what he's telling them right now. He, he's saying, fear the Lord. Fear me because I'm, I'm the one. Stop looking everywhere else. I am the only one that can provide. I'm the only one that can complete. I am the only one that can give peace. It's me. It's Jesus. It's King. It's Lord. Fear the Lord. Serve Him. Man, I can just see, see Joshua ain't going to talk to y'all like that. Joshua will do it like this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him. In sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, <laughs> choose for yourselves this day who you'll serve. Yes. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. That's how Joshua would have done it. See, you got to know who's, you got to know, man, Joshua ain't going, now, I don't believe that. Because Joshua said, boys, look, y'all been trying this for 40 years. I'm telling you in three days, we up and gone, get ready. And the only reason he waited three days because God told him to. I believe Joshua would have tried that. Hey, God, let's go. God said, hang on a minute. <laughs> At least let your people get a morsel in their bag or something. Choose you this day who you will serve. Who do you serve? 
Come on, get the Christianese out your head. I'm asking you a serious question. I'm asking you a heaven or hell question. Who do you serve? Work at heart. Work it. God, check me. Create in me a clean hands and a pure heart. God, check, work me over. Pur- purify me. God, oh, David, David put it like that. David said, God, make me. <laughs> I'm scared about that one. <laughs> I just say, God, if you think I can handle it a little bit at a time. <laughs> I drink a whole bottle of hot sauce one dab a day at a time. <laughs> huh? But David said, make me. Now you want to know why David was a man after God's own heart? Man, he was quick to repent. He, he knew who was king, but he also knew that he was fighting flesh every day. Paul said, Paul said, I do the things that I wish not to do, and I don't do the things I wish to do. <laughs> oh, wretched man that I am. David said, Father, help me. You got to make a decision, church. I'm going to put it, I'm going to lay it out there like this to you. If there is a God that created this world and that sent his son, and he died on the cross, and he rose again. And he's coming back. And you better serve him with everything you got. Now, if there's not a God, then this is the biggest scam that ever was, and we ought to be totally against it. Oh, Moses, offer them life or death. Tell them to choose life. See, you got, listen, dude, coming to church on Sundays, listening to pastors on podcast, talking to other fellow Christian brothers, ain't getting you to heaven. There's a choice that you have to make in you with him. No, nobody, nobody, oh, it's, it's great. Now, listen, it's great to have those people of like-mindedness around you that will help benefit you and lift you up and encourage you and pray for you and lay hands on you, even that kind of laying hands if you need it. But my friend, the day comes when it's you and God and nobody else. You don't get no smoke and mirrors. You're not going to get any loud music. You're not going to get a pastor up here sweating. You ain't going to get none. It's going to be you, and it's going to be, choose you. (laughs) Choose you this day who you'll serve. You make the choice. (laughs) 
Here's another one of my favorites. Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. Elijah came to all the people and he said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. If the world is your God, follow the world. If God is your God, follow God. If your finances are your God, follow your finances. If God is your God, follow God. If the doctors are your God, then follow the doctors. If God is your God, then follow God. He said, choose. You got to make a decision. Who is Lord of my life? Who's Lord over my life? Who is the one that brought everything? And who is the one that can take it all? See, you got to make a decision. You've got to decide. You can't be lukewarm. You can't be in the middle. You're going to have to be on one side or the other. And my prayer is that God will convict your heart that you choose the right side. You can't be lukewarm. Church, we're so lukewarm. My fear is that some of y'all are going to go to hell. Sit in here and listen to the word. Get encouragement for people and still burn in hell for the rest of your life. Because you never chose. You never made a decision. You were never convicted. Done it your way. God, you give me the my, I did it my way. He, look, he give it to me. Not that verse, maybe, but he give me the mind. Sometimes my mind. I wish there was a band that you could wear around the head that would lock your stuff in so that you could focus. Who you follow? Do you know how easy it is to be a Christian right now in this world? Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to blow your socks off. You ain't never had it so easy. A bunch of Western, spoiled Christians. You've never had it so easy. got up this morning and pled with God to give them a way to church look around I'm trying to drive a point home look around who got up this morning and pled with God that their gas would get them to church and back home I mean pled not you got a quarter tank that'll leave you for an eighth of tank until tomorrow after you get paid I'm talking you, you pled with God 
Who, who, who in here this morning pled with God that, that, they would get, that they would get the energy and the unction and the desire in their heart that they could get their lazy butt out of bed and go to church? Who in here done that this morning? I mean, this is what I'm talking. You ain't never had it. So when you just roll up out of bed, it's just another Sunday. Here we go. Going to church. Do an amen. Sing a song. You ain't never had it. So easy. Turn to your Bibles in, chapter, in Luke chapter 18. There's a time in our life. That we may be. Brought to a realization when it comes to this. Because it's much easier. It's much easier to be a Christian. I didn't say be a disciple or I said be a Christian. You, you can, I ain't dogging you, but I'm just talking to you. You can wear crosses all day. Right? I mean, you know that. I ain't preaching to the choir. He knows that cross don't make him any more holier than you because you don't have one. And because you wear skulls and stuff on your stuff, doesn't make you any less holier than he is. Come on. See, y'all don't like, y'all don't like the pastor to be real. Y'all don't, want the, y'all don't want the truth. You won't accept the truth. Because you, 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 you've, you've, heard, you've heard the lukewarm for so long, man. That's what you're used to. Lukewarm says it like this. Hootie Ma. It's okay. At least you made it. Oh, come on. And I can say that she knows I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. She know that. It's only amen corner I got. I got to protect that one. Right? Just saying. That, but that's what we're used to. We, we've heard it. Oh, man, you, you, can't, you can't say that. You got to love them people. I am loving you. Listen to me. I don't, I don't care if you're hot in this sanctuary or cold in this sanctuary. I don't, I don't care. If you die of a heart attack right now, you go to heaven. That's what matters to me. That's right. Amen. Amen. And out of no disrespect to any of you, if you fall and drop, <laughs> I better be quiet because I'll cover you up with my coat and keep preaching. I, I can't. Never mind. I'm going to stop. Luke. If y'all find one of them bands that goes around the head, y'all. Now a certain ruler asked him. Now this is this is a, this is a rich man talking to Jesus. <laughs> Here's his problem. I mean, he starts his conversation with a problem. Y'all see it. He starts his conversation with Jesus with a problem. He didn't, he, <laughs> see, y'all don't understand. I'm, I'll tell you, I preach, two, I'll preach two hours just off right here. He said, good teacher. <laughs> he, Jesus already knew. See, do you think that God don't know your intent? Do you think God don't know your heart 
When you come to him, do you think that he don't know that? Come on, church. The man said, good teacher. Jesus went, yep, this one ain't going nowhere. He ain't figured it out that I'm Lord yet. He's not coming to me for me to help him. He's coming to me for some information. Come on, see, that's, oh, ho, ho, ho. When you pray, are you asking God for information? Are you asking God for help? Now, understand this. <laughs> if you just ask me for information, it ain't going to do you no good if he gives you the answer. You've got to apply action to Revelation. If you don't apply action to Revelation... Revelation does you no good. It's just like a prophecy. Come on. You get a, you get a word of the Lord over you from somebody, and, and, and God pr- truly gives you a word, and you know in your spirit that you connect with that word, and you go home and you sit down and you never do anything to apply yourself to that prophecy. Prophecy ain't coming. Guys, I... But teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Looking for information. It's not, God, I need you for eternal life or help me that I might gain eternal It's what I need to do. Give me some information. Educate me. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? <laughs> No one is good but one. That is God. You know the commandments. Goes right into it. You want information? Let me give it to you. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I've kept from my youth. I'm good. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. See all that you have, sell all that you have, and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. But when he, the little he, the man, heard this, he became very sorrowful. For he was very rich. The Bible says it's nearly impossible. For a rich man to enter into heaven. It's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle. And so that you don't take that literally. I mean, because most people go, well, duh. Like, you know a camel ain't fit. The eye of the needle was a gate. They would shut the larger gates around the wall. And they would leave a small gate open. It was actually the same gate in which they would lead the lamb 
the sacrifices through. You know, that was the same gate that they took Jesus through. Never mind. But a camel would have to get down on its knees and crawl and wiggle and try to get all of his stuff through there, all of his humps. You know what I mean? I ain't going to say nothing about the women right now. We just go, I'm going to just say, here, look at you and all these humps and stuff. You know, you just. Now, do you really honestly think that Jesus was after his money? Jesus was after the man's heart. Who do you serve? I'm not, I'm not setting you up for a big giving thing at the end. Now, if you donate $500, you're going to receive $5,000 in two weeks and three days, 12 hours and 15 minutes. I'm not, I ain't setting you up. I don't want your money. I ain't asked for it before. I ain't asked for it now. God's bill, not mine. That's why I can talk about it freely because it don't matter to me. He pays the bills every month. Even when I'm going, Debbie, Debbie, she's just, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. We don't stress. But I, I'm, I, I'm telling you, who, who are you serving? I don't want you to get caught up on a person. What are you serving? Come on, I, I oh a hundred percent of us will put something else before God. One hundred percent of everybody in this room. I am included. You can't challenge me on that. There's things in your life that you desire and that you will go through hell and high water to get. But let somebody ask you to come to church on a Thursday because we're going to have prayer. Oh, come on. The Holy Spirit going to work now. The Holy Spirit will work now. See, you'll, you'll, you'll get up and go to a ball game and keep your kids out all night. But I, I'm not going, I can't come to church on Wednesday night because my kids have got school one thing. So? Let's study for exams during revival week. You ain't getting no option. We got final exams. Mom said, good. Maybe you'll go to church and pray and God will help you. Take your books with you. There are some things that we lack in church. And I'm not talking building. I'm talking in you and in me. We lack the fervent desire we no longer burn for Jesus 
Come on, church, we, we don't. We, we just don't. We, we go through life, and if we need him, like when I need a power pill, reach in my pocket, I get it, and I take it. That's how we treat Jesus. And then when it's done over, we put him back in our pocket, and we go through life again. Now, I'm not one of them freaky people, okay? I don't go and stand in front of my closet speaking in tongues to try to figure out what to wear. Okay? Now, listen, you do that, don't tell me. The Holy Spirit got better things to do in this world to try to figure out whether or not you need to put blue jeans on or slacks. He's got more important stuff to take care of. The Holy Spirit was given to us to do things that we couldn't do ourselves. Pick out your own clothes. Leave him alone. Only time you want to talk to him is what color shade you can put on your finger. Now shut up. Or what kind of gun to buy. Shut up. See, I, I got to talk. To, well, see, I, I'm trying to single out the man. I can't even single out the men on that one. Can't even single them out with hunting no more. I mean, y'all y'all have invaded our hunting. I'm so glad I'm a pastor. People take a little easier on me. What are you serving? What's got priority in your life? Come on, this this is this is sting because I love to hunt. Hunting season's coming up. Deer season, man. <laughs> it's deer season, man. Oh, this hurts. It stings. Don't think there ain't days. <laughs> Shopping days for the women. Well, if Coles had an all-out sale right now, I'd be missing three women right now. Look, they just in here. They look. I just, Lord Jesus, help us work in our hearts. So shameful. What are you serving? What's got you? Oh, well, let me help you. Let me help you. I'm, I'm going to go a little deeper, okay? Because there's sometimes that God's got to really dig in. He's got to open you up and, and do surgery to find your stuff because you're so good at hiding it. He's got to get inside to get it. Who are you holding the grudge on? And that grudge will get in your way of your worship. Because the Bible says that only a man with clean heart and pure hands can approach the mountain of God. Matter of fact, he said, if you go bring an offering to the altar, don't, don't even give me your offering. Go and fix it with your brother. And then come in, and I'll receive it. Come on, see, we, we take... Y'all want to do God how you want to do God. You put, you, you use Jesus for those that, that paint. You use Jesus like caulk. You cover up the cracks. You do everything, you do it the best way that you can do it. 
Oh, good gracious, what an analogy. You put it together the best way that you can put it, okay, for everybody to see it. And when people start going, well, this and this, you go, well, God knows my heart. Oh, there was a string of caulk we had to put in there. Well, Jesus knows what I meant. There's another string. I went to church on Sunday. I give my... Jesus ain't your caulk. Jesus is your carpenter. <laughs> Woo! If you let him, I bet you he can do it. Huh? Can't he do it? I bet, I bet he put crown up in there, man. Make some weird angles and put them things right together. I'll be done wasted 15 pieces of crown, 16 feet long, and still can't get them close enough to even caulk them. But each one of us carries something this morning that's keeping you lukewarm. You're not hot. You're not even cold. You're that little white lie. You know, because everybody says, well, it was just a little white lie. It's a lie. That's not the full truth. It's a lie. That's what you can tell them all. They give you half a story, you lied to me. It's half the story. You're lukewarm. Because you're carrying something. You're carrying some ice. And you drop it in your coffee. Every time it starts to get hot, you drop it in the coffee to cool it down. To get it lukewarm. That's where you're walking. That's where your relationship is this morning. It's lukewarm. It's not fervent. It's not on fire. You're not burning for Jesus. Maybe you are right now because you're saying, Dear God in heaven, please don't show the pastor nothing about me right now while he's talking because I don't want him to come over here and pull me out the crowd. <laughs> Y'all did see a thing. Tom put it there. Sometimes a preacher just preach on your sin. Yours. Oh, you ain't got none. Wait till next week. I'll pray. I'll get yours. Hey, God, just give it to them. The one that said this morning, they ain't got no sin. That's the one I want to preach to next Sunday. Please give me that one. Now, ain't nobody going to come to church. <laughs> they go, nope, ain't going. If I'm on Facebook watching, at least can't nobody see me. What are you serving? What's got you? Fear? Anxiety? Hatred? Unforgiveness? What, come on, what, what's got you? What's got you? Idolatry? What's got you? Come on, I'm going to get you. Lust? What, what's got you? What's got you? Your money? Your job? What, what, what's got you? Your girlfriend? Your boyfriend? What, what's got you? Who do you serve? Church, he said, I would rather you either be cold or hot. 
You want to be a disciple? Be a disciple. You can be a hellion, be a hellion. There was a time in my life, but I was busting hell's gates wide open. I was leading the train. And we was wide open. <laughs> if I made a stop, buddy, it was a sliding stop just enough to open the door, and you better jump in if you're going, because we're going straight to hell, wide open. I'm just telling you the truth where I lived. Never use the name of the Lord unless I've done it in vain. Oh, come on. You ain't been saved all your life. You've done some stuff, but I ain't never said that. I know because my sin's worse than yours. I get it, Mr. and Miss Holy. Here's the sad part about it. God, why do you do this? When we are looking at other people and we start gauging and judging one another's sins, whether one is worse than the others or not, this is what you're saying. You're saying that the robe of righteousness, the robe that Jesus Christ bled and died for, the robe of righteousness that he presented to his Father for his people, the robe of righteousness, you're telling me it's got flaws in it. You're telling me there's a little black spot here, there's a big black, that's what you're telling me. Because you are supposed to be wearing the same robe of righteousness that I adorn. Man, let's get after him. I mean, look, Dawn, let's just get dressed and go. Let's go after him. somebody's feelings you hurt them anyway if you ain't doing what they want you to do you're hurting their feelings anyway they go talk about you they they go talk about I don't, I don't care what you can cook them something to eat they still go talk about you you didn't do it the way that I would have done it shut up see I cook for you one time you say something like that I'll never cook for you again I won't put the first morsel on your plate. I'll tell you, go to Hardy's, brother. 